0: Welcome to the Jay Scott Outdoors Podcast. Today we have Cody Nelson, owner manager of the outdoorsmen in Phoenix, Arizona. Cody, how you doing?
1: Doing pretty good. But Jay, I got to correct you real quick. <laughs> We're in Fountain Hills now. Yeah, I know. Uh, it, it's no a little it, hard. To, it, it it takes a minute to get used to saying that,
0: huh? it rolls right off the tongue, Phoenix, Arizona, and it's funny, when I was saying, I thought, you know, they're not in Phoenix anymore, and so it's (laughs) funny you say that, um, you know, the old location has been forever, seemed like 25 years down there on Uh,
1: Chase Creek, you know. Floyd started that in 1982 in Phoenix, Arizona, so we're, uh, it is a little That's hard. to a long to get time. To, yeah, Fountain Hills does not roll off the tongue as as, as much and as quickly and as uh, readily as I would like it to. But, yes, we're in Fountain Hills, Arizona now.
0: So, and just for the listeners out there that maybe aren't from Arizona or aren't familiar with Fountain Hills, Fountain Hills is kind of a, uh, a, a smaller kind of uh, sub-town, if you will, yeah. uh, on the outskirts, and it's kind of on the outskirts of east uh, phoenix or east scottsdale and it would be uh you know it's actually a really cool location we drive through it all the time when we're going to payson or going to Sholo going up the beeline highway anytime you're going to any of the the uh the salt river lakes uh you know going out the beeline you drive right through fountain hills uh from a standpoint of you know walk-in traffic and, and what have you have you noticed any different level of traffic being in Fountain Hills, Cody?
1: Um, You know, Jay, it's, you know, the first thing I should do is probably, you know, apologize to our our west side uh, traffic only because, you know, we've moved farther away from them but, um, you know, the the east side traffic guys love it because they're so much closer now. Um, But just say, you know, know, we're putting the numbers together every month. Um, Our foot traffic is definitely up Um, we, you know, we think part of that is, is due to the excitement of the new, you know, the new building. Um, we think that, uh, you know, there's, you know, a lot of people from, from Fountain Hills that are, are stopping in, a lot of people stopping in on their way up to a hunt or stopping in on their way back from a hunt. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot of dynamics going on there that are, you know, we're, you know, are a little different for us. And, and so we're, we're, you know, really just kind of paying attention and taking notice and, and uh, But w- there is definitely uh, growth um, in, in terms of... The reality, of though, Cody, I mean, the reality is, you know, people
0: coming and going through the store is, and didn't really have anything to do with why you guys moved no. up there. Having no. a, you know, Wilderness Athlete as a sister company of uh, the Outdoorsman's, Floyd Green, um, kind of all under the same umbrella. I mean, having a little bit more space, having a little bit more inventory, oh. Well, uh, fact, fact
1: is, Jay. We just outgrew the old building. We we yeah. were, we were operating. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say inefficiently, but the building just had certain, you know, uh, uh, you know, constriction points and and you know things that just made it difficult to move product in an efficient manner. So, um, you know, long story short, uh, we made a decision that we were going to move, and and we moved into what we thought was the best. Uh, location for us to continue our growth pattern and uh, and serve our customers the best way that we know how,
0: and and also the fact that you know you do so much on the internet, you do so much over the phone. Your actual physical location wasn't you know brick and mortar, so to speak. You do so much other business, being the optics authority and dealing with so much business and so much volume. I mean. Uh, you know over the phone and online orders is, is 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 a huge part of your business so you could in essence be anywhere to still handle the the traffic that you guys do
1: absolutely so you know i mean yeah. and it is it was important for us to you know uh, the guys used to work off the counter and and it was only the you know, myself and our shipping manager that had you know desk space in the back and now everybody has their own desks and space, and you know personal computers, and and it really uh, it, it it really has just made us um, a, a much more efficient uh, you know business. So um, from that standpoint, do you feel like just had to be done? Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you feel like
0: you know being able to have your full staff answering the phones and having guys you know manning the internet and answering questions and. And, and dealing with customers and answering and, and, you know, getting all of the info out there to the consumer uh, with a little bit more space to move around. I mean, how important is it? Because, you know, at, at the old store, it was a pretty tight space, and, you know, you got guys on the phone, and every, everybody's trying to help the, the customer and, 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 you know, get to the bottom of, you know, what type of hunting are they doing, what type of optics are best for them, you know, sure. which tripod would work best. I mean, it, it seems like uh, it's a great fit to be able to just everybody have their own space and desks and be able to, you know, support the customer a little bit better.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, Jay, that's uh, I mean that's exactly why we moved, um, is that it would allow us to keep growing and, and better serve the customer. And and, uh, and by doing that and the constrictions that were, you know, set in front of us in the old building, um, we spend the time you know, that we might have been moving product or, you know, moving product from our, you know, outside, you know, in our, in our uh, storage area out there, um, you know, that is all spent indoors now and, you know, much closer to the product. So the fact issues. of it is, is it, it, uh, it was a necessary move. It needed to be done. It had to be done. And uh, we, you know, as a business could not be happier, um, you know, uh, to have made the move. There's just no questions asked. Good.
0: Uh, I know you guys have a grand opening. Um, you've been open for a couple months now at the new location, but you're going to kind of have a customer appreciation, kind of a grand opening, just kind of a, you know, meet and greet style um, on November eighteenth, Saturday. Tell me a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, uh, November eighteenth in Fountain Hills at, at, at our location, and if, if uh, I'll give everybody the address, um, you know, if we can do that with the website and everything at the end, but. Um, you know, it's from uh, uh, 9 in the morning till 5 in the afternoon. Uh, we're going to have um, most of our vendors represented. Sarovsky will be here. Leupold will be here. Um, uh, uh, Zeiss will be here. Leica will be here. I mean, we're going to have a lot of stuff going on. There's going to be a ton of door prizes. Um, enter people into uh, drawings for, for free, you know, uh, product, um, you, know, you know, giveaways, you um, we are going to have uh, 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 there will be a, a section outside where we are going to have all the packs and things that you know um, are used or gently used or um, you know stuff that uh, just you know really has been sitting around for a while. Um, so there's going to be kind of a, a, a garage sale uh, style uh, you know tables and, and tents outside. So the idea was is just you know to give everybody an opportunity to come out and see the shop and and uh, get to know everybody one on one and we've had nothing but uh, but great response from it. it. Sounds like a lot of people are going to be here. So um, you know there's a lot of very cool thing uh, cool things going on that day. Um, you know, Cody. By the way, there's, I, there's two glassing seminars that day as well. Um good. At 10 a.m. and 2 p.m.
0: Good. Who's going to put those on?
1: Uh, You know, uh, right now it's going to be the team um, probably consisting mostly of Jake and myself.
0: Good. Good. Well, that'll be fantastic. I know that'll be a big hit. I know you guys get a lot of requests for that. Um, Yeah. So, Cody, I get a lot of feedback from listeners um, talking about, you know, We've been running a promo code with the Outdoorsmans. You guys have been sponsoring the podcast, you know, being the optics authority. I get a lot of feedback uh, from listeners, how they call in, they tell you their specific needs. And, you know, your guys, in essence, quote, unquote, kind of grill them on, you know, what hunts do you do most? You know, how do you see yourself, you know, using these optics? And sometimes I get the feedback that they go into the conversation thinking that they want to buy this optic, and after the conversation, they've changed their mind and go to a completely different direction. How important do you think it is to, you know, have a conversation with professionals like yourself that can, you know, all you guys are trying to do is get the best piece of equipment in their hands, and sometimes... They they think something else is the best
1: when they realize that no, there's another piece of optic that actually would be better for their need. Well, Jay, there's two things going on there. First of all, we're wanting to get to know our customers and our customer base, you know, and what they're doing. Okay, by us asking those questions and us listening, um, we can learn just as much from them as they're going to learn from us. And you know, the hope is is that they may call with a whole preconceived idea of what I want to go do and use. And, and when, when, you know, you ask the questions, um, you find out that what, they're, what they think they need was completely different than, you know, what we've suggested. So, um, you know, and it's not always about what I say or what my opinion is or what, you know, what I'm using. We are trying to understand what the, what the, the, the buyer wants to do and we are trying to match them up with the best optic scenario or package that is going to help them be the most successful at that given, you know, task or, or whatever style of hunting they're doing. And, you know, we, we get the phone calls every single day where, you know, a guy calls in and, and wants to do this, and when he really kind of gets done with it, he's like, well, man, I really didn't want a spotting scope at all. What I wanted to do was this and, you know, you find out real quick what guys are, what, you know, what their main style of hunting is. And, you know, that's the whole, that, that's what we do. That's, it's just about listening and, and trying to understand and trying to fit them with the gear that's going to help them be successful. Yeah, you know, Cody, I, I get a question a lot from
0: listeners as well, and um, I, I wanted to bring this up with you. Um, I think, you know, Back when glassing off a tripod and and guys were talking about glassing with 15 power binoculars and people were trying to explain how to glass properly and efficiently and effectively and all of that stuff, in my mind, not by anybody's um, you know trying to quote unquote mislead or give bad advice. I think there has been a little bit, in my opinion, some bad advice given, not, in, not intentionally, I mean, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but I, I, I want to get the point out to answer this question of, you know, I get a lot of questions about gridding and gridding an area and staying in a grid pattern. And I'm right. adamantly opposed to a grid pattern. I'm adamantly opposed to staying in boxes. And I've talked a little bit out on the podcast before. I just thought this would be a good conversation for us to talk about sure. a little bit. And when I say that, I don't want people to think that I never grid and that I'm, you know, anti-gridding. But what I mean by that is I feel like people miss, especially when glassing coos deer, especially when, you know, maybe glassing big open mule deer country, like if you're glassing too slow and you're trying to be too systematic in the prime time glassing hours of, you know, mornings and evenings or say that hour in the morning, hour in the evening when most of the animals are up on their feet. I feel like you need to be glassing as fast as you possibly can and don't be stuck so much in a grid where you, you're so systematic that, you know, you're left to right, then you're down, you're up, you know, And then, but there's a big buck standing in a saddle. And so I always tell people like, first hour last hour or when you feel like the deer are on their feet in my opinion like i want to look just not through my binoculars i want to be sitting behind my tripod and i want to just look with my eyes and and my eyes are drawn to those areas where i think they look like a deer should be there or look like game whether you're hunting elk or sheep or whatever like so when i sit in glass and especially like You know, I've interviewed Dar Colburn, my my hunting partner, about it. Like, we glass very, very quickly at prime time. And we're panning around. We're scanning around. We're quickly glassing. And then as it becomes later in the morning and they start to slow down, they start to bed down, that's when a grid pattern, I think, is great. I was wondering if you could touch base on that a little bit from your perspective.
1: The two two words that – that when you just said that, the two words that stand out most is when things start to slow down. I think that when things start to slow down is the time that that's when your glassing should slow down because it's obvious that things aren't moving up and moving around. You're not finding as much deer as you did, you know, right when the sun hit or, you know, uh, you know that, that, that couple hours in there where, where it seems to almost always be the most active. You know, and we've talked about it before. I think we've—I certainly talked about it in, in, in the seminars that I've done—is that, you know, when you get up over into a spot, or maybe you're sitting there in the dark waiting for it to get light. Man, I am buzzing around trying to—I'm hitting every spot that I think, you know, whether it's a new spot or a, a spot I've been in a hundred times. I am always trying to hit those spots that I just know look. You know, you know, as big where it is now is koozie or, you know, deery or, you know, whatever you want to call it, we're always looking for those spots first. And, and I always like to look for the escape routes first. Like, you know, where if these deer are going to hightail it out of here, you know, where are they going to hit first? If You know, did I bump deer coming in here? Did I, you know, I'm always looking around. And as the morning starts to slow, you know, I am not a gritter all the time either. Um, by, by any stretch of the imagination, because I'm always constantly moving. But even when I'm gritting, even when it's gotten really slow and, 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 and you're starting to really, you know, whether you're gritting up and down, that's a whole other conversation. I always let the, 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 uh, the terrain dictate whether I'm going up or down or side to side. That's a whole other conversation. But when I'm gritting, there are times that I'm even gritting that I will break the grid and go back to some of the places that I know, or I've seen deer before, or I've seen you know those scenarios. You know, I'm yeah, and I think I mean I think there has to be some organization
0: with how you're glassing. But I mean, would you agree that if if you are too meticulous and you are too slow at prime time, you likely are going to miss your target buck that's standing in the wide open.
1: With that Absolutely. being said,
0: don't you think there's a time when if you're, you know, it's the first hour of light and you're not seeing any deer, a lot of times I tell myself, slow down, slow exactly. down. And then, boom, immediately, usually within a minute or two, I pick up a deer, a tail right. flick, an ear flick, and, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, uh-huh, you get going too fast, you hot shot, like slow down, and, you know, you're going to find stuff. So, I mean, there is a happy medium, but do you do you feel like, the information, it's kind of like the information on the cow call that was put out years ago where you're supposed to say, "eu," you know, and it's like, <laughs> no, don't say it. Like, that's not what, like, they were trying to do good and saying that E W E or, you know, like, "eu" is the sound, but it's like, no, that's done so many people wrong. You know, it's just something with glassing. I, You know, my nephew asked me the other day, he's like, how do you grid? I'm like, I hate that word. He's like, why are you being like that? I'm like, I just, I hate the word, I hate gridding. Like, I like to pan. I like to scan. I look at it as like sweep, sweep. like having a canvas, and you're sweeping the canvas left to right, right to left, left to right, until you cover it. Exactly. Um, But I feel like if, you know, the quadrant system – if you're stuck up in that left quadrant and that buck for 30 minutes has been down on the lower right quadrant, you'll never get to him.
1: exactly. yeah it just I, I just think that that's the thing is that you've got to keep um, you know it's kind of like hitting the refresh button you know you just you get a new screen once in a while and go you know it, it doesn't mean you forget where you were gritting. It just means that that you just I think it just pays you know, to, to be really efficient, moving around, finding, you know, be, be, be completely versatile to what you're looking at. Look at the places that are obvious, look at the places that look good, and, you know, look at the saddles, look, you know, look at the open areas, um, and then when it starts to get slower, you start, you know, you start, as you want to say, you know, sweeping, you know, sweeping the, 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 uh, the, the field of view or the, the area. And, but don't be afraid to break that and go to, back to those places that you think are you know, look like they hold deer. Because many, well, I, I you, you know, many times yeah, you, I'll, you've I'll... been in there so many times, or maybe it's a new spot, but you just know what the country looks like, and, and all you're trying to do is just, you know, y- you just feel like, man, that looks deery over there. God, that looks good. And many times it's almost like you're, you're kind of willing that deer to come out of there. And, and you know what? If you keep checking it, a lot of times it will happen.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. You had mentioned a a few minutes ago how you're maybe in some sort of pattern. And and I'm all for taking, you know, I usually start at the top and glass from left to right and then back and go all the way down, you know, on a ridge or on a mountain. I always start at the top. It's just the way I do it. But you mentioned something a couple minutes ago about, you had seen something and you're, you're, you're kind of panning over here and scanning and gridding or whatever you want to call it, you're back and forth, but you had seen like a couple does way over here, you know, where you actually have to move your whole field of view and move your whole tripod to look back over there. Talk to me a little bit about what you're saying about keep checking in on either A, those places you know in your mind, man, that looks good, I need to keep an eye on it, or b B, where it's like, it, right. You know, the your hunt in December, and you know it's a rut hunt, and it's like I saw a doe and a fawn there. Like I need to just keep checking. Like I'm gonna grid over here, but keep checking. Talk about well, that a little bit.
1: I, you know, and you Jay, I know we've we've you, know, you kind of not that we're beating a dead horse because we're not because you I I don't think you could repeat this enough. There are you know there are times when you have seen a you know a couple does and a fawn or whatever's going on. And there's nothing with them at the moment, but you have no idea. There could be a buck bedded in, in a place you can't see. There could be a buck that's just letting those does, you know, get out 50, 60 yards from him, maybe 100 yards from him. But you and I both know, especially during the rut, that if, you're, if you've got a pocket of does, th- th- there's going to be bucks coming to check those does eventually. And I can't tell you how many times that we've been there glassing and we've seen a pocket of does. And I may go be looking over summer, but I know where those does are at. And I literally, you know, I just—it's like just taking stock. You, you go back, you check the does, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, there's a—you know—where did that deer come from? Well, he could have been bedded right there the whole time and he didn't know it, or he couldn't see it, or you know, um, he just maybe he was in, in taller or whatever, and or, or maybe he came in from a different area. He's just checking those does, but if you don't keep going back to check them, you, you might miss that buck entirely altogether because you are caught up, you know, searching, you know, something that y- you want to have deer in it, but it, the, the, you know, you're just gritting and you're you're kind of you're kind of grid to grid. You, I mean, you don't want to do that just to do it. You know, you want right. to break it up once in a while and break up, I, I call, you know, whatever the monotony of it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I I, I, know I you, think I explained that well enough, but I mean, I, I you do. You just want to go back and check stuff once in a while because a lot of times your instincts are right. Yeah, you know, a lot. Well, of the, and it's it, hard when you're glassing
0: too, and you in your mind you're like, man, I know there's a buck over there, and you're you just don't you're not efficiently looking, and you just gotta pl- go with what your mind's telling you, and you go back over check it. Okay, he's not there yet, and then go back, and then you're like at peace. It seems like if you're fighting in your mind all the time, you know, I know there's a buck over there and you're still looking way over here to the right, but you know there's a buck to the left. Like, go back and check it and go, okay. And then your mind's at peace and you can be looking over to the right and, and just, you know, you can't fight your mind. You know what I mean? You have to you have to be at peace while you're glassing and you have right. to be comfortable with, with what you're seeing and, and confident with what you're seeing. And glass with confidence, don't you think, too?
1: Yeah, oh, Absolutely. Um,
0: like, even if you're it, not seeing anything, you got to be hepped up and be on, you know, full alert and,
1: yeah, and you I, know, be
0: be really working at it.
1: I, I think that, that that is, you know, Jay, I think that they're, you know, I don't know, we've talked about it before. You see people, you know, they either pull up or walk up to a ridge and they, they give it the old 10 minutes and they walk off and you're like, man, does, does that guy even realize that there's deer, you know, within 200 yards of him? And... You know, he just didn't spend the time. So, you know, um, you 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 know, some guys just don't have the patience for it. Um, yeah. I guess that's you know better for us that do. I, I, I you know, I mean, I'll take it. But um, yeah. I think that you got to go into the glassing game um, with you know, kind of like you know what? I want to stay here and I want to find them. I I mean, I, like we're going to dig them out. We're going to dig them out, and I'm going to. You know, uh, you know. Cody once told me. He says, "Man, he says, sometimes you act like you're gonna will those deer out of a tree." And I'm like, "You know what? Sometimes I'm thinking that." Yeah. And and it's true. Yeah. I mean, you you just you keep thinking to yourself, you know, over and over again. God, this place looks good, or that place looks good, or those clump of trees. There's got to be something hanging up in there. And sure enough, if you glass it long enough and hard enough and keep checking it, you know, every once in a while you get made, you know, made right. So you got to yeah. stay after it you just you can't give up
0: I know you've been hunting with the boys uh, some on these junior hunts and October hunts and what have you I'm curious I haven't talked to you I've been in Colorado and been, we've both been busy but I, I haven't heard how it went uh, how did it go
1: uh, it, well it uh you know first of all um you know hunting with the boys was uh, man it was it was awesome how old are they Kids, uh, uh, Tanner is 12 and Ty is 14 and you know they're both uh, into club baseball and you know so you know they're obviously in school and and sometimes getting them out and getting time and you know trying to break away from the 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 the, uh, the activities can be tough and and but I tell you you know we shot a bunch you know leading up through the summer into the you know uh, into September and um just that time alone with them and, you know, just walking them through the process and letting them learn. Um, They're, Jay, to say it's just fascinating to watch is just an understatement. Um, And it, it, you know, you can talk about it being prideful and, and joy and, you know, all the fun things that it is, but it, it's just fun to watch them grasp um, grasp a new thing, and, and both of them have been doing it for since they were little kids. But you know, I mean, they're getting bigger, and there's a little bit more intensity now, and there's not so much there's not so much um, you know jacking around, and not that there's not times for that, but I mean, I was really proud of them on this hunt because. The way that they glassed and the way that they stayed after it, in the in the ad in, in in precisely the attitude that I'm just talking about, you know, those kids were were locked in. They wanted to find deer, and I, yeah, I mean, as a dad, you just sit back and go, "Oh, this is great." You know, dad's not doing all the work right now. This is fantastic. <laughs> so, and so Uncle how was deer the deer spotting? Uh, I'm sorry, say that again. How was the deer spotting on the hunt? Uh, d- deer you know what, um, th- there were some places that we went that we, we, we definitely were in deer every day. Um, Jay, the, 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 the boys actually did super, super good. Um, you know, glassing. Um, there was a couple spots that I went to that I think we've got a lion issue. Um, you know, Jake, uh, you know, my store manager was in here. We had gone to a spot where he found three skulls, and when Tanner and I were into this place, uh, you know, on Saturday of the hunt, we found another two skulls, and I, I think that there's some <laughs> lion stuff going on. Uh, I had seen some deer in there earlier, um, you know, a couple weeks prior, and I don't know what's going on, but we only saw one doe the entire time, um, you know, in this one spot. So we, 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 you know, we went to another spot that certainly had more, uh, more deer activity for sure. So... Gotcha. Did
0: you end up seeing any bucks or make any plays on any bucks?
1: Yeah, we, um, you know, we were in, like I said, we were in deer every day. Um, there was a buck that we were on on Saturday morning. Um, it was kind of one of those things, it was a 400-yard shot. Um, the, 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 there was two different bucks, um, both of a mule deer in this case. Um, we just could not get Tanner lined up. Um, you know, my 12-year-old lined up and get the deer out of the brush to where we had a safe, you know, good, clean, ethical shot. Um, I was fine with him taking a 400-yard shot. We had practiced at that distance, um, you know, we, but we just couldn't make it happen. So, you know, he looks at me and I said, well, you know, if we, you, know you, can't, you can't push a bad deal, and, and if you do that, um, it's a gamble, and if the gamble pays off, great, but if the gamble doesn't, then it becomes a problem so right um you know but it was it was uh it was i mean man he was locked in though i can tell you that uh the following morning we ended up finding a deer um we made a you know a couple hundred yard stock got to 225 and uh let's just say that that uh that there's there's, there's deer a lot of open air up. around a
0: deer <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah we just you know we found a buck and and we and we made a great stock wind in our face everything was working right and the deer just kind of started to move a little bit when when uh when tanner went to touch the the trigger you know and touch it off and and he went to move with the deer and i i I literally i think what he did was is he he just got out in front of him and and the deer stopped and and he just you know touched it off at the wrong time so it you know and that was a lesson i mean looking uh, back
0: do you you think yeah i mean do you think there's anything that you could have done differently or was it just the situation it just didn't work yeah i
1: i i definitely think i you know partially you know i'll take responsibility for that because you know when you're trying to when you're trying to teach a kid a language and a lingo and you know we should have had a stop start you know like and i and i did i kind of had a hold of him you know just touching him on the back of his shoulder and 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 i really uh, if i had to go back and do it all again i we weren't in any hurry the deer weren't spooked they weren't you know it wasn't like they were blowing out of there so um I, I just—I would have slowed the whole thing down even more than we did. I would have told him to relax and and you know let the, let him come to a full stop and and I mean he wasn't even walking very fast. It just—it was just one of. Those so ways. would you have communicated more? Like if you oh, had to do it again, would yes, you would more. you
0: talk through the situation and say yep. now. Son, yes, these sir. deer are not spooked. They're moving a little bit, but they're not spooked. We need to let them settle down. Exactly. And our, our shot opportunity will come. Like, so you would have actually, you know, got I, a little bit more in his face and talked to him more about it. Yeah,
1: I just I literally would have slowed the whole scenario down a little bit. And and God love him, he was you know he was calm and you know it wasn't shaken and you know yeah. he just did really good. He just you know we, we had him set up on <clears throat> we we were using. Um, you know, the outdoorsman's, um, you know, chassis system, and it was in my tripod, and it was as steady as a rock, and it it just, you know, he was panning to the left, and I think he, you know, I wasn't looking through the scope for him, obviously, but, you know, the way that he described it, and we talked about it afterwards, I he just got out in front of him a little bit, and, and you know, it just, uh, he touched it off, you know, thinking that, that him and the deer were coming closer together, and, and it just didn't it just didn't pan out. So lesson learned and, and, and God love him, you know, he just he kept a great attitude and you know, we looked around that after you know, that afternoon and, you know, it was time to go home at that point. But um, you know I mean the, uh, in, the shooting thing I would tell you um, you know, the most valuable thing I did the entire time was not even the live rounds. The the most valuable thing I did with the kids was was the dry firing. Um, you know, making them pick out targets, asking me for the range, setting the turret. You know, actually getting the you know the, the the crosshairs on the turret, making sure they're not bouncing around and squeezing off and and and, and you know and holding as, as best and still as they could and, and remembering what the you know the crosshairs looked like at the time of the trigger. The, you know when the when the when the uh, the trigger would fall obviously, or the you know the trigger would break and. I, I would do a, a more of that, um, you know, and they did. They, they did great doing that. Um, I would make sure that the language that you're using with your kid, that he completely understands. Um, we did have one scenario where I was saying middle of the body. Well, when Tanner was saying, you know, he, you know he, he and I were, I was saying middle of the body, but he was thinking, you know, middle of the body, front to back. I was saying up and down. So, you know, you have got to make sure that that everything that you're talking about it, that they completely understand what exactly what it means. It can't just be a yeah, like I a mean, like the- picture. It can't be just, you know, you got to put them in the situations and and really understand and make sure that 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 they know what you say. When you say middle of the body, it's not front to back or or, you know, the other one was We got confused one day, you know, shooting on. Well, you know, Tanner, when I said middle of the body, Tanner was going from the from the ground to the top of the back. Well, if you go middle, right now, you're basically somewhere down along the lower chest. (laughs) Right. You know, you, you just got to make sure that your language is on, and that he understands what you're asking him. So, um, you know, it, it was an v- incredibly, you know, valuable experience for me, and I know the boys got a lot out of it, and I couldn't have been prouder of them. And uh, and we're going to go back at it again here pretty soon. So, yeah, I, I, um, you've got
0: another tag, twenty four a late December whitetail hunt, um, yes, sir. with Ty. And my question is, like, so Ty, Ty is a little bit older. Yep, he's
1: um,
0: 14. And so, you know, going through, you know, having some communication breakdowns, as I would call them, um, have you talked to Ty about all of the scenarios that you were just describing? And do you feel like the more you discuss it and the more that you guys get on the same page, obviously I would think the, the more – uh, lethal you'll become and and I think that goes with anybody a kid a new hunter uh, even someone you haven't hunted with that's hunted for a long well, time I mean you I have to the, be able to communicate properly
1: Jay I think the funnest part about doing this with them and I, I'm and not to bag on anything or anyone or whatever but the funnest part about doing it with the kids right now there's no ego involved so when you start talking to them, and, and and that was my that was the funnest thing about everything that we did, is that after we did these scenarios, and after the hunt or after a given situation in the hunt, we broke it all down, just like you know, just like your coach would go into halftime and break down the, you know, what they needed to fix, and and you know, there was no yelling, there was no screaming, there was no tears, there was no, you know, it was just like, well, okay, Dad, well, you know, what do we do different? How do we get? And and you just talk about it, and that was the right. funnest part. Was is that that's when the learning happens, right? You know, the learning right. happens by doing it and making a mistake and, and correcting it. So and that's yeah, what absolutely. I was probably most proud of. Them was is that you know even after Tanner missed that buck. You know, I knew he was upset, but he—he I mean, he did. He kept it together. We act, We talked later. We had questions. You know, um, and I knew he was bummed. I mean, he's 12 years old for crying out loud. So, yeah. Um, you know, course. he wanted to. He, it wasn't about size. of game. It wasn't about anything. He wanted to shoot a deer, and and you know, he knew he missed, and and you know, uh, it, it, that was the fun part. Though was was breaking stuff down after the fact.
0: Yeah, for sure, absolutely. That's awesome so, stuff. Cool to hear. You know, going
1: forward wow. with Ty, um, you know, we've had conversations since, and we're going to continue to have them. And um, you know, we're uh, we're 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 trying to line out times that we can go shoot in between baseball tournaments. But um, you know, he's he's jacked up because it's such a great hunt. I haven't been in the unit in probably I don't know, probably ten years now, and uh, so we're going to go back into some of our old haunts and and uh and, and you know it's it's ty's tag it's his he signed his name to it and so if he tells me he wants to i'd like you know my, as a dad i'd like for him to say hey i'd like to shoot a mature deer i think that's you know personally i think it's the right thing to do um but you know he may look at me and say god there's a two points down there i'm gonna hammer it and if that's what he wants we're gonna that's what we're gonna do
0: yeah and I think it's so important hunting with kids is you know just to let them have fun and enjoy it and and there's a time to trophy hunt and there's a time to just go out and enjoy the hunt for what it is and certainly if you're limited in time and what have you um you know going out and getting a successful you know harvest under your belt um that's huge I mean it doesn't matter if it's a spike or a 120 inch deer
1: exactly um, that's probably well, awesome. one thing I'm not going to do Jay I'm not going to show him any of the colburn pictures <laughs> Dar's, you know, that guy setting the bar over there pretty high. I and mean, keeping up with the Joneses, yeah. holy cow!
0: Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous over if there at the I... Colburn household for sure. <laughs> um, the The December Custer hunts are always hunts that you really enjoy, and I know you've spent a lot of time watching those deer.
1: My favorite What's your anticip- time of year
0: what's your anticipation with the current conditions, you know, we've been 75 days without rain and, yep. you know, it's still 87 degrees outside. And, you know, of course we're, you know, first, you know, moving into the second week of November, we still have a lot of time, but, um, you know, unless well, things change, it's probably still going to be dry. And, and, you know, what are your thoughts going yeah, into that know, late white tail hunt?
1: Jay, I, I, you know, there's a couple things that come to mind is that, you know, first of all, you know everybody always talks about that late hunt and how you need to hunt the late, you know, the last, you know, four or five, six days of, you know, whatever the wherever the you know between Christmas and, and New Year's and and uh, you know, for anybody listening that you know is new to the sport or hasn't hunted that hunt before or whatnot, the one thing that I, I should really warn people to be very very careful of. I realize that that typically can be the best time of the year to be in the field and you have the best statistically probably time to be in the middle of the rut. But be very careful of one thing. The fact that we haven't had the rain and it's been so dry that is the point in time during that time of year that we will get a rain or indoor snowstorm that will last two to three weeks craziness and roads get shut down and blocked and impassable and all of a sudden those guys that waited the last five days, they only get a couple days to hunt. And so I would just tell people for the most part, if you can possibly, you know, get out the first weekend, have a good time, you know, if you if if works, you know, constraints or whatever. But don't just, you know, lock yourself into the last you know, the last five days. I think that's the I, I really think it's sometimes the biggest mistake people make with that late hunt. And I and I realize work gets in the way and all that stuff, but you know, if, if it were me, we're gonna hunt the first couple days um ty you know gets off school on the 22nd we'll hunt a couple days before christmas you know and then you know we'll probably take a good chunk you know afterwards um and you know and, and and hunt the and you know just let the weather kind of dictate what we're doing and and hopefully between now and then we've gotten some rains and and things you know start to take a little better shape but um you know long story short i I think that's what a lot of people get sucked into is that last five days, like it's the only five days to hunt. And I've seen good running activity in the first five days, and I've seen good activity in the last five days. So um, quite frankly, I think it's just a matter of where you're hunting. Good stuff. Well, I'm anxious to see how you guys do on that
0: hunt. I wanted to shift gears a little bit. um, Talk about this Atlas Trainer I'm starting oh, yeah. to see it on Instagram, on different pages and what have you. I mean, pages not even related to you guys, in essence. I'm seeing it around. And Tell me a little bit about that and um, the success that you you've know, had Jay, with that.
1: It's, you know, for people that don't know, we have a, a backpack frame with a belt and a harness that we now have a um, um, a metal plate system with a an Olympic-sized bar that allows you to slide a a, a uh, you know a plate, you know, a weighted plate on your back so that you can simulate you know uh, field conditions or you know uh, you know you can uh, the most I've ever put on it was ninety pounds and I mean and that's a lot um, you know long it basically is just allows you to train. For the upcoming hunts or year or whatnot, or you know, some guys are just walking with it. You know, on their nightly walks with the dog. Um, so, in other words, the well, Atlas Trainer is a is a outdoorsman's backpack,
0: carbon fiber frame, and on that frame, it has a male part, and just like you'd be at the gym on the end of the yep. barbell, it's a yep. male part, and then you can slide up to you've had ninety pounds, so ninety yep. plates,
1: uh, so. I mean, you've had two forty-five. Is that right? Basically, two forty-fives on there. And and I'll be honest with you. I you know I don't know that. You know I, there are some guys that will do that. I, you know I think it's. You know I kind of like to, to You know in, in, of all the people that have called, I think the most common thing is is that if you see people with, you know a forty-five pound plate, you know is it, really good and that's a good training weight. Um, and, and we've had some people that you know will put like a, uh, they'll put um, you know a, uh, a forty five and a couple tens or you know a forty five and a twenty five or you know two thirty fives or it it just depends on on what a guy wants to do and what he wants to get out of it. Um, but the beauty part of it is is that you have a choice. You can easily regulate. Um, you know, or, or, or ramp up or ramp down the, the size and, and, you know, the, the, the training uh, weights that you're using. So, and then the best part of it is is that, it, it, you know, you can purchase the, the, the Atlas Trainer by itself to put it on your existing Outdoorsman's Packs, or you can purchase the, the Atlas Trainer system, you know, uh, like it is now, and then also add a, a, a backpack bag to it so, um, you know we have many people that are keeping the the, ring, the, the actual plate system on there and then taking the, the, uh, the, the bar part of it off and so that all they have to do is put the bar pack in and, and screw it tight and they can use it again so it, it's a really versatile system and it basically just adds another element to our pack system that allows somebody to train in the off-season and then go right back and using the same thing they've been training with in the field. Good stuff. Uh,
0: so, and obviously when you guys have your um, grand opening, you're going to have those out there? Yeah,
1: we will have those out there. You will be able to try them on. Um, and I, I think at this point we're still um, we're, we're arranging for a little course around the the park and people can walk down the hill and walk up the hill, and so um, I think there's going to be a, a way for you, you know, with the, our customers to, you know, actually try it on and go use it. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's uh, that's good been a really, a really good, exciting product for us. We've been having fun with it, and uh, it's uh, it's actually taken taken us by you know by not surprise. Um, I, I don't know if I said this before in another podcast, but you know, we sat on that product for about four or five years before actually it's probably longer than that we sat on it because you know there was you know we we showed people it and people kind of thought it was a cool idea but you know the 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 working out and the preparation hadn't really taken the hunting you know scene by storm yet and now you know everybody's cross training and cross fitting and Doing all this, and, and, and we just felt it was a really good time, and it was completely appropriate. And uh, the product has just done fantastic. So, um, yeah, it's a two hundred ninety nine dollars product, and I think you know you guys should get on the website and check it out. Speaking of the website, you guys revamped your website. Yes, we did. Um, you know, you got to keep uh, you got to keep changing things and making things. You know, current and, and trying to make yourselves better and more efficient. And, uh, and you know, the team behind the scenes couldn't have done a better job uh, with putting our new website together. I, it, it absolutely speaks to our customers. We've got nothing but good reviews. Our search bar, um, everything that we're trying to do is better than it was before. And, uh, and I just could not be happier right now. Well, good. Good. Well, that's fantastic. Well, it's great to catch up with
0: you, buddy. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I've been busy, you've been busy, and we haven't touched base here lately. And, um, but it's good to hear from you, and I can't wait to see how you do on the next hunt with Ty. And um, It's cool to hear how excited you are of hunting with the boys. And, you know, it seems like um, you're going to have way more fun with that than you do on your personal hunts, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, I, you know what, Jay, I, if, I mean, not that I don't want to go on personal hunts, but, you know, if if they want to hunt and it's something they want to do, and, and I have told them from the beginning, don't do this for me. It's not for me. It's not me pulling the trigger. Do it for yourself. Yeah. Do it because you want to do it. And you know what? If at the end of it you, don't, you try it and you don't like it, that's not a problem for me. Um, I want them to do stuff because they enjoy it and they love it and, and they understand it and uh it is i gotta tell you it's it's really fun to watch them you know kind of get into it and, and start asking me hey when are we going to go scout again or when are we going to go look for deer again and uh that, that's a that's a really fun part of it for me that's kinda awesome well that's cool man
0: congratulations that's,
1: thank you that's really Jay, neat thank well, you um, for all that you've been doing and the podcast i know you've been hitting huge numbers and i can't tell you how much we appreciate it and you know just giving us the the opportunity to get on here and talk about gear and and hunting and scenarios and friendships and and all the stuff that we do so i just uh, wanted to say thank you awesome buddy i i want you they can also check the
0: show notes but where can people um where can people go to find out How can they email you? What's your phone number? Like, give them the full contact info. Yeah,
1: you know, our phone number is uh, uh, 1-800-888. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of got messed up there for a second. I started to give my own personal cell phone number. That would have been good. (laughs) Um, The... uh, so you know, the best way to do it is, is you can email us at info at outdoorsmans.com. Uh, uh, you can go to outdoorsmans.com. You can look on our blog for all the necessary uh, uh, you know, addresses, websites. Um, I will give people the new address um, uh, today in Fountain Hills. It's 16872 East Avenue of the Fountains, Suite 101, Fountain Hills, Arizona, 85268. So I think uh, I think that's something that uh, people want to get out here and check out the great company.
0: Yep, and uh, if you want to give the guys a call, 1-800-291-8065. That is correct. Uh, is how to reach the guys at the outdoorsmans. Of course, you can use the J. Scott promo code and get a 10% discount on the Outdoorsmen's products. Um, Cody, thanks as always. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing with us. and. you. Um, uh, have a great hunt with the uh, with the boys, and I'll be looking forward to talking to you the next time.
1: I appreciate it, buddy. All uh, all the best to you and and uh, and the family.
0: Okay, buddy. Take care.
1: Talk to you later, bud.